Welcome to Astrology Today, coming to you live, well, not quite, from beautiful Sunshine Coast in the Capet region, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klohomin Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. And welcome to you, the listener, and to my friend, Jill Kirby, astrologer from Victoria. And unfortunately, Hello. I don't, yeah, hi, hi, Jill. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, I don't think Jenna can join us. Her busy movie schedule is... Yeah, it's her. Awesome. People have lives and everything. They do. They do. <laughs> Those young folks. Okay, so just a reminder to follow along with the visuals. If you're listening to this on the radio or on Spotify, uh, go to www.cardinalastrology.ca and under the radio show tab. This episode is 138, and I realized that I needed to be a little clearer about the annual perfections, which is the first part of looking at um, techniques that the ancients used to um, basically predict the type of the qualities of the type of year that would be coming up for individuals. And so the premise behind this that the ancients used is that not all planets are activated at all times. Planets can remain can be dormant until awakened as a time lord. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> to continue on, we'll take you through some more examples of annual perfections. And I've also put up on the website sort of a, um, a how-to list. Um, obviously, you know, it doesn't have to be done in that order, but it's just one way of ensuring that you've got all of the pieces that you need in order to... Um, in order to look at that. So um, let me just go to the share screen. So again, if you're listening to this on the radio show, go to my website and you too may follow along. Alrighty, and I'm going to make this big just because I like to do that. There we go. So here we come. So part two. And I have built a graphic, which you can um, download as well. So <clears throat> the first consideration, of course, is coming up to your birthday. What, uh, what is the new um, house that the ascendant has moved to? And I put up a graphic for this on the last episode, which basically says, you know, the, the first year, the year that you're born in is actually zero. Um, and that would be the first house. And then when you hit age one, that is the second house. And this technique goes with whole sign houses. It doesn't work with um, the quadrant based houses. That does not say that the quadrant based houses um, that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that this particular technique requires that um, house and sign go together in the 12 around the wheel. Okay, so, um, and it starts with your birthday, which um, we've got two examples. Um, Jill and I volunteered. <laughs> so Jill's is actually easier because her birthday is early enough in the year that the events of the year follow the year basically i mean there's a month out but that's yeah. all whereas mine can get 
you have to, I have to wrap my head and I'm getting better at doing it. My birthday isn't until November. So for instance, if I've got a big year, um, let's say uh, 2018 is a really big year. I'm actually looking at the annual perfection for the year before. <laughs> and yeah, so you have to keep that in mind um, on the first episode of this series. You will find a table that you can download, fill in your years next to um, the age. And um, there's also a space to sort of write out who is the Lord of each of those years. Um, and that can help. But again, you have to keep in mind that um, depending if your birthday is early in the year or late in the year, that that changes things. Okay, so that's the first step. The second step is what planet or luminary is Lord of that sign. And on my graphic, I got a little star, an asterisk there. And the reason for that is the luminaries are not used as Lord of the year. So I'm just gonna pull down my chart just so that I can explain this. So for instance, in my case, um, when my annual perfections come, um, my fourth house is ruled by the moon. So I can't use the moon. Um, and there's a complicated rationale if you understand Greek <laughs> or <laughs> ancient Egyptian or whatever. Um, people have tried to explain it to me, but yeah, mostly it's because for instance, the moon, the moon moves too fast. Mm. And so, um, and the same with the sun, right? The sun is doing its monthly thing. And so it apparently it just doesn't work well. Aspects to the moon in that particular, like for, for instance, for myself, I have moon rules, the uh, fourth house perfection. So if I have big transits to that moon during a fourth house annual perfection, I will notice that. Uh, but we don't use it as a transiting planet, which was something I don't think I even talked about last week. So we'll get to that piece. But anyway, so how do you pick it? Basically, you look at what is the very first aspect that either the moon or the sun, depending on which one you're trying to do, what is the first whole sign aspect? And so the ancients only used traditional. They didn't, they saw... Um, aspects like the 30 degree aspect or the 150 degree aspect as being in aversion. And so they didn't use that. So in my case, for both my luminaries, the very first aspect that is made is to Mercury. So I basically get four annual perfections that I have to track with Mercury, which makes me think, no wonder some of my years are kind of as messy as they are. Because <laughs> if Mercury is your annual perfection lord, then you're going to notice things like retrogrades more than you would in other years. Um, and your Mercury is retrograde to begin with. Exactly. And Mercury just moves through and does things quicker, right? So the events that would go with a Mercury-ruled year um, would likely be, you know, almost choppy, I would think. That'd be an interesting study in itself. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Back to the list. Okay, so um, that's how you find which Lord of the Year for transits you're going to be using if you've come to 
the cancer ruled annual perfection or the Leo ruled perfection. Okay, now the next step is actually quite involved. And this is what is the natal promise of the Lord of the year? And what how the ancients saw this is for the natal promise to actually come as predicted in the natal chart, it required that um, the years in which it was, you know, a particular planet was activated, that it had backup to it. Okay, so first of all, what is the promise? And then second of all, what are the likelihood of it being activated in a given year? And so there's kind of two parts, but the first part has to do with considering the dignities and the debilities of a particular planet. Okay, now you also consider, so there's kind of a marriage between um, the house that is the annual perfection has reached and the house where you find the Lord of the year. So for instance, in my case, uh, I'm in a ninth house perfection, that's Sagittarius. It's ruled by Jupiter and Jupiter is in the opposite sign. It's in Gemini in the third. So I'm marrying together third and ninth house when I have the ninth house annual perfection. Okay, so once I get around to my 12th house annual perfection, I will marry the 12th house with the third house. Okay, so those two topical areas will come up. Whereas, for instance, when we come to Jill's, Jill's ruling planet, we're going to look at her seventh house year perfections is Mars, and Mars is in his own turf. So, you know, it's just Mars upon Mars upon Mars, and Mars is truly dignified, <laughs> which is, yeah, yay. She goes, I don't remember much on the other ones. She has one that's really quite dramatic, and there's good reasons for that. Uh, but the other one's not so much. And part of that is just because the natal promise is actually pretty good. All right. So the next step, once you've determined what the natal promise is um, and marrying it with the house that the Lord of the Year is in, then the next piece that you look at are transits. So you look at transits to the Lord of the Year by the Lord of the Year to natal planets and planets transiting the perfected sign slash house so yeah and the other clue that you can blend into this if you haven't you know filled seven pages of full scap no i'm just teasing uh, is the history of annual perfections just to get i mean jill and i have had a few 12-year laps in our life not sure how many, but it's probably too many to count. Uh, and so we do have historical data that we can look at. Um, but in saying that, in doing this exercise on my own chart, I realized that the transits play a huge piece in, they don't change the topics, but they change the significance of the year. You know, whether that particular annual perfection is as dramatic as, let's say, the first one or the second one or et cetera. Yeah. Okay. I'm wanting to ask the audience, is that clear? <laughs> and all I get is nothing. Oh, dear. Oh, well. <laughs> it's okay. 
It's okay. You can ask me because I don't really know this stuff. So. Well, okay. When we come to yours, I will do that. Okay. So the first exercise that um, I'm wanting to um, definitely, and I need to just stop this share for a second and bring this piece up. Uh, yeah. Okay. Is to take us through. Um, See, now go back to this and bring the other one up, except I can't bring it up as, no, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing, Jill? Right? I'm putting my chart up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, so that is my chart. And this is what I want to say about it. Okay. So um, coming up to my birthday back in 2021, because again, mine's in November. So the bulk of my ninth house annual perfection is actually happening this year, but it started in 2021. Okay, so it's a ninth house, it's Sagittarius. So what I need to, to add to this is going to be a year, ninth house. Uh, so it rules travel, education, religion, or philosophy, or other cultural way of looking, you know, other cultural perspectives can be another um, piece that you could add to the ninth house. And definitely education. Yeah. Okay, so the Lord that rules Sag, and again, we use just the traditional planets here, is Jupiter. And so I've got to assess, you know, how happy is my Jupiter, because that will give me an indication of uh, the quality for my year to come that I'm already basically halfway through. Okay, so I look at Jupiter and the first thing I deduce is I am a day sect chart. So the sun is above the horizon, as you can see. Um, and so that makes Jupiter and Saturn my benefic and malefic of the sect in favor. In other words, they're gonna operate easier um, Jupiter is going to be definitely a benefic in my chart. Um, and Saturn is something I'm going to be able to manage. So, yay. Okay, so we know that. But we look at where Jupiter is. And Jupiter is in his fall. So Jupiter would really not like being in Gemini. It likes the big picture. It gets too much detail. And it's just like, really? <laughs> But anyway, that is what I Do have. Do you know the fact that it's retrograde? Um, actually, I did not add that in, and I haven't seen a reference to whether they're okay. retrograde or not. That is a good point, though. Thank you for adding that. Um, does So that particular question, what it begs the question of is when did it turn? And that once we come to the modern techniques and things like uh, progressions, that can um, have a profound effect on how that Jupiter operates from that point forward, whether it stations and turns retrograde or stations and turns direct. And I personally cannot remember when mine does that. And I'm not gonna attempt to pull it up because that would just mess everything up. I just know it. <laughs> okay. So um, we know that Jupiter is not entirely happy. So the promise of Jupiter is muted. Okay. He is also in the bounds of Saturn. And that's that uh, ring of planets that you can see on the very outside of the chart. 
And so he's in the bounds of Saturn and he's in the deacon of the sun, which neither one of us, neither Saturn nor the sun, nor the planet that rules Gemini, can they see Jupiter. So they can't help this fallen Jupiter. But there is one little piece that helps me out. And that is because it is next to the part of fortune. I was going to ask. Yeah. So that, that little lottery point does help my Jupiter. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. So what it does do, though, the position. So this is the next thing you have to look at. So I, you know, I can expect a middling Jupiter ninth house year. Like it's not going to detract a lot, if at all, um, but it's not going to really add anything to the year. But I will be putting together third house things with ninth house things. So I can, on top of travel and education and philosophy and all of those kinds of things, I can add, because it's Jupiter, older siblings and older relatives. And um, in terms of the sort of third house neighboring thing, what it got me thinking is realizing that I have many tribes within my community and I've had to learn different languages. So I've had to learn gardening, I've had to learn quilting, I've had to learn astrology. And that to me is that marrying of the third house with the ninth house. Yeah. Now in terms of aspects by tradition, the only thing I have is an aspect from Jupiter to Pluto and from Jupiter to Neptune. And as we'll see, as I sort of start to go through the years, they unfortunately <laughs> have played some very, actually pretty good effects. Although that's a good thing it was Jupiter for some of the years, that <laughs> for some of my ninth house years, because I, I might not have made it. <laughs> it is true. And it can't see Mercury, right? No, it can't. So you ideally you want the Lord of the sign that a planet is in to be seen by its landlord, basically. Mm -hmm. And that confers dig dignity. It means that the planet can actually be what it wants to be mm -hmm. more successfully. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, oh, well, <laughs> it is my chart. <laughs> There was a reason way back in the day that the guy said, I think you better learn how to read this. I sort of understand now why. You don't, you don't look at the ascendant at all. Not in this, not from this level yeah. for this year. Yeah, that plays in later, but yep. this is sort of the entry level. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's see, where am I here? Okay, so let's look at uh, one of my first annual perfections. And uh, what do I need to do here? I need to drop this down so that I can move the chart up. Yeah. So the first one I'm going to look at, it, it wasn't my first ninth house perfection, but it was the most dramatic ninth house perfection. And thankfully, Oh, 97. That's not the right one. I don't have them in order. Oh. 85. Oh, and I've got 97 up twice. Oh, that's no good. Oh, dear. Oh, I don't have the right one. <laughs> oh, oh, no. This is terrible. Can't play Mercury retrograde anymore. <laughs> I could 
blame the um, uh, uh, the eclipse on my Mercury, which is going to mess with me for the next six months. Okay. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Um, I am actually going to stop the share for a moment because I need to pull this one up. It's the best one I have. Oh, Ooh. and it won't let me do that. Okay. Okay. Yes, I know I can't do that. Um, oh, I can't believe it. Well, I can believe it did that. There you go. All right. Where is solar fire? Solar fire. So of course it's not in here. I am actually not going to be able to do that. Can I ask you? Do you have my chart? You probably don't have it in whole sign, no. I don't have, well, I can, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, let me think, let me think. There might be a way, there might be a way, okay, if I go to here. No, I want to go to desktop, desktop, desktop. No, I can't. Okay, well, I'm just, I'll just tell folks about it. <laughs> I can't believe it. And I will put the chart up on the website with that correction. Okay, so in, um, this was 1973, um, in my ninth house perfection. In the March of 1974, I did a very goofy thing. I made a promise to a young gentleman that I would learn how to hitchhike. How goofy is that? So ninth house, travel, right? So I hop on a plane because I know that if I don't go far enough away, if it's too familiar, third house, ninth house, um, I will just call home and be rescued, right? If it goes sideways. So I did, I hopped on a plane in March and flew to Miami and many, many, many adventures subsequently occurred. Uh, first of one was that I cashed in my ticket for the return flight because I was only going to be there two weeks. And I actually didn't get back to Canada until six months later. Now, um, so the themes of the ninth house and the third house, like being in a totally different culture, and although Americans think you know, that Canada is sort of part of the U.S. and some Canadians think that the U.S. is the same. Not, not, especially in the 70s. We weren't even close. No. And so it was like the long distance travel, um, but it had this incredible quality to it. And what was happening is I had, um, Pluto was on my Mars in the seventh house, um, I also had um, Neptune. No, was it Neptune? Darn, wait a minute. I do have the notes for this. I might not have the chart, but I do have my notes. Okay, so here we go. Yeah, right, wrong. Saturn was transiting my fourth house of Cancer. Um, so it was um, restricting sort of that whole idea of home. Um, I wasn't home. I was definitely abroad. Transiting Uranus, that's right. It was um, Pluto and Uranus were both in Libra. And Uranus was on my seventh house cusp, close to it, making a trine to Jupiter. 
Okay. Uh, Neptune was in the ninth house of Sagittarius. So it was going through this annual perfection um, sign house. Yeah. And so it, it gave this sort of whimsical note. But for me personally, it was like I knew I had a guardian angel. Thank goodness. Because with Pluto conjunct my Mars, this could have gone really badly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But I, I account that Uranus trining my Jupiter helped. The fact that Neptune was going through the ninth house. Um, yeah. It, uh, but it was an incredibly big year. Yeah. Yeah. Now, obviously, those transits played um, a, a bigger role than this background piece. But it does you know, suggests that, yes, you're probably going to travel. You're probably going to experience some different neighborhoods, third house, because I went from Florida and I ended up spending only about a month in Florida. And then I drove a car, third house, <laughs> Jupiter, uh, for this woman um, all the way to California. Yeah, it just so clearly spoke to the annual perfection. But in terms of its intensity, that was due definitely to um, the transits that were happening that year. Yeah. Okay, now we can go on to one of the ones that I did put up. <laughs> Darn, I can't believe I did that. So I don't want, no, I don't want 97. I want 85. Okay, so again, another ninth house perfection. And what you will instantly begin to notice. So it doesn't matter what annual perfection you're in, because this is a 12-year cycle and the 12-year cycle matches the orbit of Jupiter, mm -hmm. Jupiter will always be in the same sign. It may not stay there. Um, it may be at a point in the sign where it's about to change signs or um, it has just come into the sign. But, um, and I've done these charts for the day that the annual perfection ki um, kicks in. And so um, it, you will see Jupiter fall every time in the same place. And so for my ninth house perfections, Jupiter at least begins in the 11th house, which is Jupiter's joy. Um, and it is also a sign that trines my Jupiter. So that actually helps every time. I have a ninth house perfection that Jupiter trines itself. Yay for me. <laughs> okay, so uh, what was going on this year? Let me take myself back. That is the wrong notes. Here we are here. Okay, so I was married for the first time. I was already married. I was working as a cook at a nursing home and I went back to school ninth house uh, to become a food service supervisor. Okay, so and that required most of it I did at home the schooling, right? But uh, for the final exam, which happened in uh, 1986, um, I actually had to go to Calgary to take the course. And so at that time, and I passed, yay, yay me, I passed. Um, 
so I had transiting Saturn was right at the end of Scorpio going into the ninth. And I would describe that that year of learning was a bit of a challenge. You know, yeah, I hadn't been in school for about 10 years or whatever. And, you know, it was like, get the brain to work again. Um, transiting Uranus was in Sag, which brought surprises in how well I did, as mm -hmm. well as it it awakened me to this whole nutritional awareness because I had to study um, the nutrient makeup for diets. And so, you know, I, I learned a bunch of stuff about how much allopathic medicine knew about the whole digestive system and how much they didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a real eye opener. Yeah. On a sort of a shock to realize yeah. what they didn't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They don't okay. learn. They don't learn about that. No, they don't. They don't, which is a, a shame. Okay, so the next planet, Neptune, he was now in my 10th house. And unfortunately, he was leading me down the car garden path um, because the course was misrepresented. And at the time that I was doing it, I did not realize that. Okay, transiting Pluto was now in Scorpio. Um, it was dancing with Saturn, but just sort of leaving it. And there were power struggles with, um, within the context of uh, me trying to get the straight goods from uh, the course itself, from uh, support from, you know, my, um, the boss that I was working with. She wasn't really happy that I was taking it um and uh the college right so i can remember there being these struggles which really came to a head in my next annual perfection which was the 10th house mm -hmm. um and so the ninth itself was pretty good i passed i was happy but in the following um that neptune basically wiped out my accomplishment um, mm -hmm. because the course had not been um, as represented um, and I was unable to, um, you know, find work with this new designation. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was not fun, not fun. Okay, now the next one, uh, let me come back here to, I don't want to stop the share, right? I just want to drop this down, drop that down. Okay, so my next one, that was 85. So what is this? This is 85. Yeah, 97. Yeah, that's this one. Okay. And then I need to... That's right, too. How did I do that? I don't know. How did you do that? <laughs> Stop the share. Bring the other thing up. Well, okay. Got to have my notes in front of me here. Okay. And then go back and share. Does that work? No. That, how did I do that? It's me. Yeah, it's, you know, some days, you know, that's just, I don't know. It's kind of sad, really. <laughs> it shouldn't be sad, but it is. Okay, so 1997. I can't remember. What was I doing in 97? Darn, I need <laughs> my notes. <laughs> Truly, folks, this is comedy. I know I'm supposed to be, you know, seriously doing this. Okay, so now I can see my notes. Ah, my new marriage had just begun. Okay, so um, like I said, my annual perfections don't start till November. So 
in my eighth house perfection, I got married for the second time. With my ninth house perfection, I moved to Victoria. Um, and I learned in rather quick order that I no longer have community, third house. And this kind of was a, I didn't at first truly appreciate the impact that that was having on me. Mm -hmm. At the time, transiting Saturn uh, was going through my first house of Aries, right? So I'm, you know, it's challenging the reality of how I'm putting myself out there. Um, it was a sextile to Jupiter. So for the beginning of my landing in Victoria, so 1998, for a lot of it, I was, you know, I was sort of up to the challenge. Uh, transiting Uranus was going through the 11th house of good fortune, along with Jupiter. But Uranus isn't always a positive thing, right? It can sometimes just throw you. And in one of the ways that it threw me was the fact that um, I had gone there thinking I was automatically going to be part of a specific group in Victoria. And that absolutely did not happen. It was quite a shock. I think yeah. I met you shortly after you moved here. Yes. I moved here about that year too. Ah, okay. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So transiting Neptune, um, he is wrapping up the sojourn through Capricorn. And again, I am dissembled by the dreams not matching reality because it's now conjoined the North Node. And it's in a, you know, it's just left my moon. And so I was actually way more vulnerable than I realized. Um, but now transiting Pluto is in Sag, offering profound lessons. If I, um, and he's, he's sextiling Mars, he's in that sign opposite Jupiter. So um, at the end of this particular annual pro perfection, um, basically Pluto said, you're going to take a nosedive. You're going to like, yeah, it was. So those transits... Um, like the, the underlying foundation there was correct in the sense that, um, you know, I did move, um, I did encounter a new culture, um, you know, I did have to sort of try to build a community. Um, yeah, so the topics were correct. The fact that Jupiter is not that well dignified, Uranus didn't do enough help, and Pluto really wasn't a help at all. <laughs> okay, so I'm just noticing that I've been gobbling up way too much of the time. So we are going to look at yours, because you have one that is pretty amazing. But first of all, we need to go through the steps. Um, Let's see now. Okay, so let me just share her chart. Okay, so here is Jill's chart. And um, so we're going to look at a seventh house perfection. And so the first thing we have to do is look at who is the ruler and where is he and how dignified is he. So um, we have Mars in Scorpio. He's in his own bounds. Um, he's also in his own deacon, Deccan. Um, and yeah, he's, he's a pretty happy camper. 
<laughs> Unfortunately, he can't see the seventh house, which ah, he can see Venus. <laughs> he can see Venus, yes, which is part of that relationship signature. Yes, this is true. But the fact that he can't see Aries is, and, and you know what's interesting is in the rulerships, right? For both Venus and Mars, they can't see the other signs that they rule. They're in this 150 degree aspect or in aversion, which I don't know, makes it awkward. <laughs> okay, so Jill, I'll let you talk about, um, and the year was, what year was this? This was 1980. 82. 82, yes. So tell the folks what was going on. Uh, well, that was the year I had two miscarriages and my marriage broke up. Oh. Other than that, it was really... <laughs> I had Saturn and transiting Saturn and Pluto going over my ascendant. Ah, yes. Okay. So let's pull up the by wheel because it shows that very, and look at yours became humongous. I'm not sure how you pulled that off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's quite, I'm going to actually make it a little bit smaller so that it all fits. So we are talking about a seventh house perfection, which is um, just, so we're talking about this area here. Um, but here is what she's talking about that is so dramatic. Okay. And Mars, right at the beginning of that year, was yeah. with those two. But yeah. here, here is the note with that Jupiter. So Jupiter is always helping you. Right? Right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's in my seventh house. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, if we look at Mars and how powerful Mars is, your ability to have gotten through what you had to go through there uh, was due, I would suspect, in large part because of the strength of that Mars. Yeah, well, you yeah. know, the only way through it was through it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's not much else you can do. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I mean, I had three children by that time. So that's the difficult part, really. I mean, yes. Yeah. Marriage breaking up is not easy anyway, but when you've got little people involved, it makes it right. Really, yeah, because you're worried, you're worried about them, and you try to take, you know, you try to deal with your own stuff that's going on. Yes, and try to take care of them at the same time. Not easy. Not easy at all. And yeah. just so folks realize too that um, most astrologers will consider. Um, the Pluto transit, and not everybody will get this. Um, I personally will never have it. Uh, Pluto going over the ascendant is considered one of the most difficult transits to experience. Um, yeah, and, and I, yeah, I think part of it, well, the reason it was so huge was because Saturn, when they later that, because this is the beginning of the year, but later yep. that year, they were both together. And sitting on my ascendant, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's pretty heavy. Yeah, that was about the time when things really blew up. So, uh -huh. yeah, not yeah, a difficult not fun, year, not fun times. No, no. Um, <laughs> and so, in contrast to that, 
Um, the next couple, you know, she was sort of racking, Jill is racking her brains going, I don't know, honey, I don't think much happened. So let's just look at some of the trends. Well, except for the, there's one, we'll go to it. And that was on the 2018 one. So one that just went past. Okay, so again, we're talking about Mars. And of course, we've got Jupiter with that Mars. Um, and where are the outer planets? So it is about relationships, but we've got Uranus here. Yeah. Yes. Jumping around on top of her uh, seventh house cusp. And yeah. he could be shocking. So it was what happened? 2018, I got evicted. Just punted out. And look at this. So Saturn is sitting on Venus, which is typically considered to be part of any seventh house signature. Hmm. Um, and Saturn is there. Uh, Pluto is also in the fourth house. That's of real estate. Um, but I think the shock of Uranus is what that ninth house or the seventh house annual perfection is. Well, and, and also um, it was a time when rents in Victoria were through the roof, which was why I got evicted. The landlord <clears throat> lived in Calgary, but he knew the prices were sky high here. So he wanted to rent it for more. He tried exactly. to, to agree to a huge increase. And I said, no, we were only allowed to raise it this much. So, yep. so he waited a few months and right before Christmas, oh. <laughs> he evicted me. And I mean, again, I, I landed on my feet only thanks to my daughter. Right. And, and so that pulls in that second house component, which um, has to do with resources. Yeah. 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 And I mean, because I... You know, I wouldn't have been able to afford a place if I could find one exactly at that time in Victoria. Yeah. Not only were they, you know, through the roof in terms of cost, there was nothing to rent. Yes. So yeah. it was really like I got the notice and I was like, what can I do? And my actually the day I got it was <laughs> just before our choir concert. But anyway, um, my daughter happened to be in town because her son had a soccer game. And so she was there and she said, well, we can, you know, we can buy a, an apartment and you can rent it from us and we can keep your rent. You know, right, rent reasonable so that you can actually you manage it. Yeah. <laughs> I could not refuse that. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. exactly. Like, thank you, thank you. And yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I really don't know what I would have done. I mean. Yes. Because. Yeah. There was nowhere else that was any more reasonable in yeah no yeah any near here um so yeah you know it was uh it was a shock that's for sure just getting loose yeah. <laughs> oh dear yes so it'll be interesting also, but also yep. you know in modern astrolog astrological terms uranus rules that fifth house yes yeah of children yeah, and that's which my is, and it's my oldest daughter, which is fifth house. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Ah, so there could be, it could be very valid to add in um, the rulerships of um, the newly discovered planets. That would again be something worth looking at. I'm actually doing a study of solar revolutions with annual perfections. 
so that that is a good tip i'll have to see if that plays into you know the transits that well saturn is conjunct venus but it's also sextiling my mars yeah exactly so that constriction yeah yeah saturn for you because you're a night chart is the the malefic yeah but he's but he's also in his exaltation in libra in the 12th yes in the first true but as a transiting planet yeah yeah he's he's gonna be a bad guy he's not he's not gonna be helpful no no No, it was it was yeah yeah yes yes yay that's past yay yeah okay so i was looking at like um Let's go back to your chart because you have other years. And well, I was kind of looking. I thought, well, what about the first house, right? Yes, the first house perfections are. Uh, so, for first house perfections, we are either 12, 24, 36, 48, 60, or we're in coming, our, or we are in our first year of life. Yeah, but that's zero, right? Yes, but yeah. but in my first year of life, yes, I, oh yeah, I I had bronchial pneumonia. Right. Okay, I see what you're where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, with Saturn right near the ascendant. Yeah, exactly. Right. So yeah, and Venus, Venus in traditional ancient astrology, being in the fourth house, that that's not a good place for Venus because that no. is also death. Right. Yes, and in terms of modern, it's she's conjunct Chiron, so yeah, yeah, health, health issues were something. Yeah. So, yeah. if you have you had health issues, can you remember twenty-four? As, as a child, I did. Yeah. I've been healthy as an adult, but as a child, I was sick quite a lot. Right. Um, part I think for me, the Neptune near my ascendant. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. Maybe yep. sensitive. Yes. And. Yes. And, yep. you know, my mother smoked heavily. Oh, yeah. So when helpful. you have, you know, when when you're obviously the bronchial area. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and that uh, sensitivity, uh, if, if we take Neptune as co-ruler of your sixth house in yeah. this whole sign, then, uh, yeah, that totally indicates that, um, you know, things can be very poisonous to you. Oh yeah, yeah, and so you know, because yeah. the other kids didn't didn't have that problem, but I did, and uh-huh. you know, I not only had it when I was apparently three months old, but I had it again in about thirteen months. So right, which would still be, um, yeah, in that first year, in that first year, yeah. So yeah, yeah it was um, you made it. Yeah, but. <laughs> That was just, I mean, I just thought, you know, yeah, yep. at, at 12, um, things were not going well with my parents. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the first is opposite the seventh. Yeah. yeah I, that was not going well. And so was it a power struggle with them? No, no. Oh, okay. No, it was my dad constantly having affairs and right, right. my mom being really angry about it, but not. <laughs> Never showing it, of course, you know. Of course. Um, of course. But they, you know, he would, if he, if he got angry, he did, they he'd do silence for a month, for weeks. Right, right. You know. So I, at the time, I didn't know things were that bad, but I was picking up on it. Yes, 
of and that sensitivity what's going in the on in the environment yeah and particularly right. anger because i have mars in the first <laughs> in yes in quadrant I, base you would yeah anyway so um yeah by by uh age 14 he had left so right so that would have been 14 you would have been in a third house which is sagittarius which is ruled by jupiter in the seventh in the seventh which is ruled by that mars yes yes so so did yes. he move away or did your mom move away oh no she uh well, she's, she always says she kicked him out, but he was getting ready to leave. <laughs> she just uh, moved up his department date. Um, yeah, so, hmm. yeah, inter interesting stuff there. And then uh -huh. uh, 76, um, had my second child. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, um, what? so that's, that's a beginning, you know, first house kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, it just occurred to me that if you're going to look at these, then mm -hmm. it'd be interesting to see what, if anything, is first house or whatever. Yes, exactly. And again, what you do, the process that you do is you go through what is the natal promise, right? Um, and how, how may it, um, unfold some of it all of it given the annual perfection that triggers it and again right. that's just one level of it yeah. yeah well and yeah and of course you got libra or libra rising you got venus ruling first yes and she's, so that would be the lord of the year she's um, part of the grand cross and she's conjunct chiron so. yes exactly so she was a tough cookie and um in a tough place but Saturn, fortunately, has major dignity in yes. Libra. Yeah. Yes. And so there's that mutual reception between the two. Yep. So even though it was difficult, you know, the natal promise was, no, we will survive. Yeah, well, it seems like, you know, you know I'm, I'm, even if I have difficult things happen, it seems there's always something that kind of helps it out. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And so she is in a night chart, she would be considered, um, she's of the sect in favor. So she is your bonus point, right? Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, all good things will flow through Venus. But she's not particularly well situated. Well, it looks like she is in the terms of Jupiter, which helps. That's sort of doubly mm -hmm. bonifying it. Um, and I'm not sure what the first decan of capital is she planets. i think she's in the i think she's in mercury isn't she um six you know it's if i can blow this up again you might be right i was trying to make it better <laughs> well i'm just i'm just trying yeah. to see what you're referring to okay so one two yeah you're probably right she's probably right well no she's almost seven so I would say, no, she's in Jupiter's bounds. Okay. Yeah, she's in Jupiter bounds. And your Chiron is in Jupiter's bounds. Yeah. And, and so that, that Jupiter... Jupiter bounces, she, he bounces it back to, to Mars. <laughs> exactly. And Mars is very dignified. He's in his own 
arena and the first 10 degrees of Scorpio is um, Mars ruled. Yeah. He's a very happy camper, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you have a another year? Well, you were talking about ninth house and I'm looking at um, so that is, that's one of those Mercury ones, yes. So yeah, yeah, and Mercury's in in the fourth, fourth house. house. Yeah, really so, anything. Uh, no, he's not. Okay, so Mercury itself can be quite neutral um, because Saturn rules both Mercury and the Sun. He's likely to fall closer to. Saturn and to the sun than he is to, let's say, the moon. Um, yeah, so I would say, and he's in Mars's um, bounds, so therefore he is dignified um, through that. Yeah, he's in pretty good shape. So, well, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, he doesn't have any any aspects in my sense of it, but yeah, but yeah. Um, so yeah, in 1960, which is when I was eight, okay, we went to Disneyland. Ooh, yeah, yes, okay, yeah. And 1972. That's the year I. Yeah, we went to. Um, I was with my ex-husband by then, and we went. Uh, What's that when you went to Scotland? We lived in Scotland for a Wow. Now there's a pretty specific ninth house and and moved like fourth house. Yeah. Ha. Very cool. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 84. I'm not sure, but it prob- might have been one of the trips I took. It might have been a trip to New Orleans. I'm not sure. For a con- oh, you went to UAC. Yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah. I think that might have been 84. Yeah. Well, can't swear to that though. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so yeah. you know. Yeah, so reasonably benign in the sense that that Mercury is reasonably well placed. And um, so one of the natal promises is that you would live abroad. Doesn't, you know, it is Gemini, so living in two different countries, one could interpret it that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, it was uh, it was an interesting experience. Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah, in a little village. Oh, oh I am so in, jealous. <laughs> in Scotland, about thirty miles from Aberdeen. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was it was quite lovely, but yeah, you know, in terms of you know cultural activities and stuff, oh, like, it would have been, been quiet. It would have been nice to be closer to London. <laughs> Uh, yes, yes, you know, yeah. You don't get over there that often, but but no, it was it was it was very sweet. It was lovely, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We had a nice apartment. It overlooked the the River Dee out the back. Okay, yeah. On Royal Dee side. Ah. Yes, because down the road from Balmoral Castle, you know. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. So it was yeah. It was quite. I mean, it was a beautiful place to live. Watch the the lambs dropping in the spring. Uh, yeah, and there was a big green out in front, where uh, yeah, you know, yeah, 
the guy next who lived next door who always wore his kilt. He was an older man. Oh, his, cool, cool. Did anybody speak the Gaelic? No, but the, the farm kids were sure hard to understand. Oh, just how and the, the broad was. Well, the accent was, I mean, the adults were not too bad, but the kids, they'd come up to you and they're blah, 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 blah. like, uh-huh. <laughs> 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 oh, now it's going to repeat it because won't get it then either. But of course, he, he, was, he was teaching. Yes. Oh, wow. I went on some field trips with him and the kids. <laughs> it's <was> like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, and we and from there we did travel as well because uh, we he didn't get he only got a week's holiday at Christmas and and Easter, but we did go to um, Tunisia at uh -huh. Christmas, and then we went to uh, for a cruise of the Mediterranean at Easter to saw some of Greece and what was then Yugoslavia. So right, oh well, yeah, I mean, like house definitely, yeah. yeah. Anyway. It, yeah. yeah. So that might have been it for that particular Mercury natal promise because you don't travel much. Well, I don't have to travel. I don't, I've never lusted for travel. I did no. enjoy when we yeah. were doing it. Yeah. And, you know, if I have somebody to go and visit, I don't mind going. But just to go off, like my kids have all gone off traveling on yeah. their own, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, oh, 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 my dear. We are down to 56 seconds. Well, I guess we're done. I guess we are. Okay, folks. Um, thank you, Jill, for sharing those tidbits. Um, and just a reminder, folks, for those who are listening on the radio, this is CJMP 90.1 FM, Kafat Region's community radio station. And we will be back next week. And I think we might switch gears and do a modern technique so that I don't have to come up with all the stuff to say. <laughs> I'm cheating. Okay. It's true. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, it has been a pleasure, Jill, as usual. Yeah. And we will see you folks next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.